Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. Alyssa, you're a champion. Oh, my God. We are (laughs) the literal champions. (laughs) Um, uh, AD has already said he's coming back to the Lakers. I saw. How exciting. Yeah, super exciting. Um, I heard a rumor from a friend that was on Abbott Kinney that there was a Laker on Abbott Kinney yesterday, and I forced Mike to, like, drive me over there in case I could take a picture. (laughs) And uh, we didn't see anyone. But I think it might have been Rondo because I looked at his Instagram story and it looked like he was at an Abbott Kinney type restaurant. And I was like trying to read the parts of the menu that I could see to see if I recognized it. <laughs> you little sleuth. Uh, but I don't know. I couldn't I couldn't figure out who it was. It, so they might have been wrong. But yeah, we are the champions, my friend. <laughs> Your uh, champagne in the streets was very cute and joyous. Oh, thank you. I Yeah. And then I just we just drove around afterwards and there were some there was one car ahead of us that had a Lakers flag and they were screaming go Lakers at people so we just followed them and screamed go Lakers (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing it was really fun it was I have to admit I was terrified after last Friday when we we made like such a big stink about not wanting to jinx it and then they didn't win on Friday and I turned to Tony and I was like what if Alyssa never speaks to me again like what (laughs) if she just like deletes my number and I just like we just like never see or hear from her ever again and I was I was hoping so so badly that they were gonna win on Sunday so I was so relieved and happy (laughs) yeah I was really thinking about how fucking dumb that podcast was gonna sound (laughs) if there was like a comeback from Miami but luckily they sealed the deal and all is well and also I want to say um Jeannie Buss first female owner to win a championship I've always loved Jeannie and I'm like so stoked for her yeah fucking sick that's the tightest uh how exciting well I'm so glad you're a champion oh thank you and let's get into okay so speaking of things that are special this is going to be a special episode. We're doing just your girls, Taylor and Alyssa, because we have so much to say about this week's premiere of The Bachelorette. So we're going to be doing our typical sort of first 15 to 20 minutes talking about the uh, Real Housewives of Potomac and of OC, which also premiered this week. And then around 20-ish minutes, we're going to transition into talking about The Bachelorette. So if you want to skip ahead, I would go to that region uh <laughs> but anyway <laughs> let's get into it should we do should we, let's talk potomac um i just want to say that robin dixon is a inspiration to anyone who has debt because if you can go through bankruptcy foreclosure and owe the irs ninety thousand dollars and still possibly be in a position where you can get a loan to purchase a home i mean there's a lot more wiggle room than I previously thought. Yeah. Is what I'm learning. Uh, her attitude is like, whoops. <laughs> You're like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Whoops. I actually have a sort of relevant and bizarre story that's really not my story to tell, but it, it reminded me of this where 
uh, a friend of mine was telling me that they were having anxiety attacks that they were had filled out their taxes wrong and that the like IRS was going to just like come and arrest them and like bring them to jail because they filled out their taxes wrong and I was like did you did you fill out your taxes wrong and they were like no and I kept going back and I kept looking and it's like I did it perfectly fine I don't know why I'm having this and then their therapist was like this is a misplaced anxiety about other mistakes that you are making in your life that you like know that you're making and instead of facing those mistakes you are making up this kind of weird paranoia about the IRS coming after you and I was like that's kind of rude I feel like that's rude (laughs) what I would be like oh so what mistakes am I making therapist (laughs) (laughs) but it got me I mean I was like I it made me think about Robin who did file her taxes wrong. Yeah. And who owes $90,000 and just like does not have a care in the world that there's people like her walking around on this earth. And then people like my friend who's having panic attacks about it. And Can I'm like, I just what like the fuck? Say for one second that I, ha- I don't want to deal with doing my own taxes and I use a CPA to do my taxes. And like, sure, of course, you see people like getting arrested because their money manager did something stupid or whatever. So I'm sure like I'm not immune from the same thing, but it literally costs like a hundred dollars to have someone else file yeah. your taxes who has like a degree in accounting or whatever. Like how is yeah. it possible that Robin didn't just pay someone like 150 bucks to do her, her, her fi- something with her finances. <laughs> like, yeah. Seems yeah, worth it strange. to me. Seems yeah. totally worth it. Like, why would you, you just ask for that help, Robin, you got to figure it out. I do appreciate though, as much as it's baffling, the sort of like whoops attitude, it is uh, refreshing compared to the normal financial scandals that a lot of the housewives and their partners get into where they're just like, so uh they're just huge deniers and like very frustrated when it comes up in yeah. the confessionals and when other people bring it up to them they're like that uh, but that's just that's uh, false that's a false accusation like we're perfectly fine in fact we're buying a home and she's just like yeah crazy right she was like i forgot one piece of paper damn <laughs> <laughs> just like such a robin attitude to have about everything she's like I missed my flight. Damn. Oh, we left my kid at the field. Damn. Yeah, you know, just damn. like, yeah, it just kind of rolls with the punches and we're here for it. I do feel very bad for anyone who's going through financial troubles. Like that is the literal worst kind of stress. It's, it's equivalent to like cancer to me. Like yeah, it's be, so it's hard to imagine mom, getting out of that. Yeah. My mom always said the, the second worst thing to being sick or unhealthy is like having fucking financial problems and being yeah. broke and being in the corner because you have all these issues that you like can't solve. It's for so crazy. Yeah. But I am sure. glad that she seems to be doing okay. Uh, I, but I agree. That was like kind of a baffling scene and somewhat comforting. Cause you're like, well, I'm not, uh, I'm, I, I hopefully don't owe the government $90,000 <laughs> right now. Oh man. I also wanted to ask, I have to, admit that I thought that Karen going home to her uh, hometown and doing a parade, I was like, you know, I've lived in a lot of places and this is a kind of unfamiliar to me. And then it did seem sort of like something that you might have had growing up with your like weird chili fests and <laughs> stuff. So did you have weird parades like that? Yeah, it's called Raise Adobe Days, baby. Oh my God, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Do other towns not have parades like that? Wow, very sad to me. <laughs> we had like, I remember when I was living in New Hampshire, I think we had like, 
Fourth of July parade, like, uh, and maybe once in Minnesota, I went to something similar, but they were like not at all like what Karen was doing as she was just like being slowly driven down the street with people on the sides like clapping. I it was very weird to me. I, but of course you did. Of course you. Yeah. Did. So we. Do and did you have called... any celebrities like that? Like would Peter well, do it? Yeah. Well. So okay. I mean, this is where it starts to sound a little snooty. But I grew up in Agora, so there are some people who work in the industry. And one year, Rain Wilson was like the grand marshal <laughs> of the parade because he lives in Westlake. <laughs> You know, people like that. Um, But I, yeah, there's a thing called the Great Race in Agora, which is like, I don't know, it's like you run um, something for money, for donations, for something, like a 5K. I don't know. I did it when I was a kid, so I was like mostly into just the running part and getting a free t-shirt and unaware like what the cause was. And then on the same day, you do like Raise Adobe Days, which is like a stupid parade with like the dance team and the marching band and like whatever local bullshit and businesses like get to be advertised and that's it and you like sit on the sidewalk you watch your friends go by (laughs) wow there weren't that many people at karen's parade i have to say maybe it's a smaller town but normally there's like more people on the sidewalk yeah i i i have to i do think that giselle being like this is cute i mean they're kind of celebrating how karen got out of here I know. was a little shitty of her to say i was like holy sh- this is a parade like celebrating the town and these people seem like they're welcoming you with open arms and they're being very kind and you're saying that they're celebrating her like escaping like ah that was that was stressful to me yeah, it was tough. I do love that, like, Giselle and Ashley and, and Karen, like, different combos of them, they'll show up for each other to celebrate each other's, like, stupid shit and, like, be happy for them, be happy for their friend and be like, this means so much to her. And also, this is dumb and weird. Like, when Ashley yeah. performed, like, Coffee and Love and uh, Robin and Giselle went, like, as Michael was being arrested, they, like, danced on stage with her. And I was like, you know what? That's a good frenemy. That's about the best kind of frenemy that you could get. You're right. And they do. They didn't go to the event, I don't think. But like Giselle winning a literary award for that dumb yeah. book that she didn't even write. And they're like, t- t- like toasting to her at the winery. And then all of the confessionals are like, obviously, she didn't fucking write this book. But like, good for her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like we're we're genuinely happy that this makes her happy as the energy. And I like that. I yeah. think it's great. I would rather that than them like try to, you know, tear down the moment or whatever. I think it's good to play along. Mm-hmm. This is true. Um, uh, what else do we want to talk about? Um, Orange County. Yes, I guess we do, but we sort of don't. And let's get into why. <laughs> I just want to say <laughs> that I spent the whole time writing postcards to voters while I was watching Orange County, just to counteract the energy that we're contributing to. Fierce, love that. <laughs> uh, that's what we require of all of our listeners. Now. Yeah, <laughs> you have to be <laughs> volunteering for the Democratic Party while you're watching the OC. It's the only way that you can digest it, in our opinion. Uh, we hate Kelly Dodd. I did text Alyssa that Kelly Dodd makes me want to quit all of Bravo and, frankly, the podcast. I was like, how can I <laughs> be celebrating women in reality TV when Kelly Dodd is a woman in reality TV? But I do think that there are some good moments and some good people involved in the Real Housewives of Orange County. And I also know that I am the scum of the earth, so I'm going to watch it. Yeah. There's also, like, not a lot of options on TV right now. Like, if there's, like, four franchises on, I'd be like, maybe we don't spend time on this. But there's, like, nothing. 
<laughs> yeah, we're definitely in a big lull. Uh, so, yeah, we're going on record. Table flipping does not care for Kelly Dodd. We're not here for it. But we surprisingly had some, like, really vulnerable and interesting uh, Bronwyn moments in this episode. And I will also say in general that the episode kind of got into it right away, which I appreciated. Yeah, for sure. Um, I So Bronwyn's... Uh, daughter i i think came out as uh identifying as trans or gender fluid i'm not sure we haven't gotten to that part yet but i've seen some pictures on her instagram and she's being very supportive which is exciting mm-hmm. um and that'll be exciting to see as part of the series especially in orange county which is like a very you know republican area and and a lot mm-hmm. of the housewives on the show are republicans so it'll be cool to see how they handle those conversations um with bronwyn um I have to say Kelly Dodd's face looks pretty fucked up. I don't know what the fuck she's like injecting herself in quarantine or what fucking janky ass like operating while everything's supposed to be shut down anti-masker bullshit she's getting in her face. But one side looks higher than the other side now. So that gives me some peace in my heart. (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, I don't know. What else? What do you want to get into? What should we talk about first? Well, on the what I'll also say that's both about Kelly, but kind of about all of them is I I was wondering if the confessional camera for these women was like accidentally replaced with some sort of fish eye lens, yeah. fishbowl lens. Like it was very, everything looked a little like bulbous on all of uh-huh. them in a way that like couldn't be their faces, right? Am I high? Yeah, like, it looks weird like... because I think the lighting is super bad, but it doesn't look like they're doing it themselves. Like in New York, it's clear that at a certain point they had to start setting things up themselves, but mm-hmm. this is uniformly bad. So I'm like, what f- workaround did they try to do here <laughs> where yeah. it looks so terrible? I don't know. Maybe they just didn't have their normal set available so like they did their best in the houses or something I'm not sure yeah it was definitely it's a very like off-putting every time it came up I was like Jesus it's like uh somewhere in the uncanny valley for me because it is uh, just not pleasing to the eye for any of them but especially with Kelly's very very bad work yeah and this is I just felt that and I I guess we're like getting to the age where this is going to happen to us now but seeing how much Jolie Kelly Dodd's daughter has grown in the like off season was shocking to me and made me feel so old. Like was she like eight years old last year? And now she's like, she looks like she's from the fucking set of euphoria. Like she is this like woman now. And I saw her on screen and I gasped and I was like, and she, she looks very beautiful and I'm not slamming her at all. I'm just saying I felt personally the oldest I've felt in a long time. No, I TV. totally feel you. I have lived in the same apartment for like a few years and there's a kid who like shares the lot where we park, like his, his parents live right across from us. And I literally walked outside one day and he was a full-blown adult. And I was like, wait a second. This child was an infant when I moved in here. I need to, like, get my life together and upgrade. <laughs> like, what's going on? I'm not here to, like, see this kid go to college. I need to get out of here before then. So I totally yeah. feel you. All those memories of, like, you know, aunts and uncles or f- family friends that you didn't see very often being like, oh, my God, you're getting so big. I just can't handle it. And when you're a kid, you're like, this is so annoying and yeah. I don't understand it. Like, I feel like I'm growing up so slowly as now all of those memories are rushing back to me. And I'm it's like, more oh, of like an I attack on you. them. Yeah. Like, they're like, please stop aging. I need to yeah. accomplish more before you become <laughs> an adult. That's how I feel. Um, it's true. Uh, I wanted to. I think that. 
the I mean, the, the episode starts with Emily bringing up that she was concerned about Bronwyn's drinking. And I was like, OK, this is a very familiar, you know, look and moment for the real housewives. Right. I mean, we see it like very, very frequently on New York, as we've talked about, where one housewife will be like, you're drinking too much. But what was uh, kind of refreshing and new in this episode was immediately Bronwyn sits down with Emily and is like, you're actually right. I have a really serious problem and I'm like grappling with it now and I've decided to stop drinking for forever. And I felt so like I felt for her so much, especially when she started crying and she yeah. was like, I mean, forever is a long time because that was my thought. Too. I was like, that's so hard to quit anything yeah. forever is so brave and difficult and challenging and when you especially use it in that like just really simplistic and blunt language it, I my heart broke for her and I think it's so important to see because I think you know I alcoholism is really tough to talk about and it's yeah. tough to talk about on this show where you know we're like drunk and falling into bushes and pools I know and, like, also like by the way Emily was like drinking wine while Brad was talking about this yes like, perhaps like put your glass down or put it away for now for this portion of the conversation at least I feel like if yeah. I was hanging out with my friend who was newly sober I would just be like I'm just gonna take this out of the equation I I think that that's a super good point. I think it also is a little personal to each person because, like, I know a a couple of, like, recovering alcoholics who get uncomfortable if everyone doesn't drink because they're there. And then there's also the, you know, the opposite, which could be, like, I it's so much harder for me to sit around with you guys if you're all drinking rosé on the couch. Like, I would rather do a sober hike or something Mm -hmm, like that. mm -hmm. So, but I certainly agree with you, particularly in this instance where you – she's – very newly sober yeah um I do think that they were at Bronwyn's house and perhaps she was just being a good host and maybe when Emily got the drink she didn't realize she was about to tell her that she's entered like this chapter of sobriety yeah that makes sense too Um, like with when they forgot like Teddy was pregnant there was only like sushi and wine available like maybe they're just so used to like you know sort of lubing up their personalities with alcohol on camera that they she didn't think about that but Um, I did think it was interesting to hear Bronwyn say, because, you know, she's had so many children and she was like, I just Mm. thought I didn't have to deal with this because, you know, I was pregnant for so long. Like she was pregnant for like, what, eight years of her life? Yeah. Yeah. So that's wild. That's like really interesting to me. And it also I mean, like, I'm not a doctor, so I'm just sort of observing this. It kind of seems like she's like addicted to big events and like having big things Mm. to look forward to and like partying very hard and like having a baby and all of that kind of stuff. Like it seems like she has a hard time just like being still a little bit. That's yeah. I think that's a really fair observation. And I think the other thing that was very, um, I'm just going to say it. It was funny to me in a very dark fucked up way is that we also got a tour of her new home and the new home includes a personal nightclub, like a gigantic room that's just a nightclub with like black lights and a DJ booth. And then on the wall in neon, like light up lettering is make bad choices. Oh, no. And I was like, Bronwyn, <laughs> first of all, in anyone in any right mind, what the fuck are you doing? Could you imagine, Alyssa, if I was like, 
Tony and I are moving. I want to give you a tour. And we, we have a hundred kids. I was like, this, we have 100 <laughs> children. This is my, the powder room. This is the kitchen. And then this is the nightclub. Make bad choices. And, and this is where my 16 year old daughter with an eating disorder is going to lose her virginity. Okay. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. I was it's like, I, I, I can't deal with that in and of itself. And then when I realized that back to back, we watched her give this tour of her personal nightclub and then be like, I just realized I have a drinking problem and I'm going to stop drinking. It's like, bitch, you have a nightclub in your house that says make bad choices. And that's such an awful thing to have on your You got to call a fucking, you know, around the clock decorator to come redo this room ASAP. This is (laughs) now the ballet studio. How about that? That's what it should be. Yeah, make it a little yoga studio. Figure it out. But I, I thought that that was absurd to begin with. And then I thought it was so fittingly fucking funny after she's like has this heartbreaking scene talking about battling alcoholism. And I was like, girl, get get in that room and rip those letters down. Oh, uh, boy. Well, this anyway. is definitely my least favorite franchise of all the franchises. But I think there's a lot of promise between her story and perhaps um, Gina's story, even though I don't like her. I think it'll be interesting. So maybe they can revive this and we can get away from the Tamra judges and Vicky Gunvalsons and hopefully Kelly Dodds <sighs> of the world. Yeah. Yeah. It, is, it would be great to have this season ultimately be a takedown of Kelly Dodd. But we'll yeah. see. We'll just have to see. Mm-hmm. Let's get into da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 the premiere of the Bachelorette question mark because we don't fucking know what's gonna happen this season. Um, ta- talk to me about your viewing experience. Were you excited? Were you disappointed? Did Mike watch with you? Mike watched with me. We don't watch The Bachelor without each other. I'm excited. Aww. I did not look up as many like articles about what happens. And I didn't even, in fact, know who she chose, um, even though that's like public information. But then I feel like it became very obvious when Dale stepped out of the car and she was like, oh, I knew it, which was bizarre. And we can talk about that. <laughs> um, so I'm just interested to see how this all plays out. It seems like we do have some real drama that's not being manufactured by the editors of the show. And that they are going to have to scrap to put together a new version of the season, which we should also talk about. Um, Should we – what do you think about all the COVID stuff? I mean, I think I would be fucking terrified if I was these guys, like, coming to make out with someone that everyone else is already making out with and, like, breathing all over each other in a limo while we're all drunk and, like, trusting that these idiots from all over the country are not going to, like, break the rules and accidentally get COVID from somebody. (laughs) True. I do think, yeah, I thought it was a little strange. I thought that the, the like, you know, 15 minutes at the top of the episode dedicated to the COVID, like, reaction from Claire and the guys, like, made me have a lot of feelings. Um, <laughs> I appreciated that they just addressed it head on. I do think it seems like they really NBA bubbled them. It seems like they mm-hmm. went be- above and beyond in terms of getting them to the resort in La Quinta early that they were all had their own rooms. They seemed to be wearing masks on their way there and they were tested several, several times. Um, So it does seem, and we've also heard from a friend of a friend that the crew was like paid an absurd amount of money to also be a part of the NBA bubble esque situation so that there was a real genuine quarantine. However, 
the yeah the res the resort is just like in the middle of La Quinta, and it's hard for me to imagine that they have like you know the fucking most intense security around <laughs> the resort, preventing people from sneaking out. We've seen stories of football players uh, like sneaking people into places. So what would be the difference with a bunch of these like dumb hot guys? But I was curious if you felt so I'm saying I would feel sort of safe once I was really, really in it. And I like got my golden ticket from the producers. Imagine right. Chris Harrison coming to your door and telling you you don't have COVID, by the way. Ooh. <laughs> um, I, I will that. say that I did one time meet someone who's married to a producer of The Bachelor. And, you know, the normal house where they film is like in the canyon, sort of in between Agora and Malibu. And she was like. One time I had to drop something off for my husband on set and they like know me like the crew knows me because I'm I've been around like their rap parties and stuff. And she was like, I, I had to give something to my husband that he forgot. And the security like I pulled up, they wouldn't let me pull onto the property. And then the second he grabbed it from me, they were like, you need to leave now, ma'am. And it's like, wow. so I guess in that sense, and maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they are like very strict. Obviously, people have slipped through the cracks before. Um, But yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I guess the mechanism mechanisms are there to like seal everyone off I'm just wondering if these guys would like I mean there must be like other staff and stuff that they could go like make out with if they wanted to that isn't part yeah. of the bachelor bubble yeah that's true I also I was I think that the we, we've talked a lot about and it's like no secret that a lot of the drama comes from I mean putting all these human beings in a house and like cooping them up with one objective of getting to fall in love with this stranger that they don't know and then they have no phones and no books and no TV and no nothing and then they could just like work out and drink and obsess over this person in this case that started early for these guys like they've been cooped up in their own right. rooms just like getting a q-tip shoved up their nose every other day and it does seem like they had their phones which is good but I think that the energy of this episode was already a little bit chaotic to me because I think that the guys were already feeling that sort of bachelor mansion stir crazy fever um, which I think was funny <laughs> um, and I think that if we do in fact see Claire leave or Claire not respect the process that these guys have even more reason to yeah. be genuinely mad at her because they've given up so much of their life to fucking be here. For sure. Um, like even just getting on a plane at this point, it, even if you do it as safely as possible is like such a huge risk. Yeah. I don't know. I have some and thoughts get on somewhere. Claire being a little bit like quick to jump the gun on everything. Um, but I first I want to ask you what you think of her bringing her two dogs to the resort. <laughs> <laughs> Would you bring well, Fredo on The Bachelor? Fredo goes everywhere with me. So literally he has separation anxiety. Um, <laughs> but I... I, I would I would make that a point if I knew I was going to have to just like be in one room and there's no traveling and whatever uh, I would bring Fredo. I I am always curious about what who's like taking care of the dogs when she's not there, yeah. which must be all of the time. Maybe she's spending more time in her, you know, quarters than the average bachelor bachelorette in this scenario because we're not traveling to any other countries or any other places. But even so, you're going to be on set, quote unquote all day so who's watching those poor puppies you might as well like leave them with your mom yeah your, exactly i guess not her mom no not her but... mom maybe not her mom yes <laughs> Woof. okay sad um probably like a pa or something i would imagine oh man what a great job 
to just like be the <laughs> to be paid to just like live in a resort and take care of two dogs i know right day, i would love day. that best pa job ever if the dogs are like good and nice they seem really good there was one point where she was like oh my god did she get out and the dog was just like going around and getting pet by all the guys i was like this is yeah. great this is the best moment of the episode <laughs> <laughs> that's so true it is a hundred percent true well speaking of dependence how do you feel i couldn't help but be a lot more judgmental of the men who are leaving children behind in this in the pandemic I was like I there's already a a weird feeling I get when anybody is leaving a kid behind uh to go on this show anyhow but like now your kid's just at home like the one of the only upsides of the quarantine is like parents getting quality time with their children and then you're just like peace out I'm gonna go live in La Quinta and try to bone Claire (laughs) I'm gonna bring you back a new mommy um I don't, I I I feel you. I think like you know, there's no fucking way in hell my mom would ever leave me as a child during a pandemic. Like she's made it very mm-hmm. clear. Like where I've talked to her a little bit about like people having to do schooling for a day with like their neighbor because they had to work or whatever it is. And my mom was like, "No way, you guys would be locked in my home, and no, you would not see anyone besides <laughs> me." And I, like, there's no way my kid's getting COVID or whatever. So that's who I was raised by. Um, But so I am a little bit like, you know, uh, the world is like changing at all times and like your kid's school is changing. And so it's not such a straightforward process. I think you kind of are doing them a disservice by going on a dating show. However, they did commit to this like before the pandemic started. So, you know, Mm -hmm. who knows what contractual obligations they had. Um, But yeah, I mean, it is like a little shitty. For it sure. is. It's a little, it's a little shitty, but I hear you. The the contract thing makes a lot of sense. What are your thoughts on Claire? <laughs> I <laughs> look. All you need to know about Claire is that she's never seen my cousin Vinny. And I texted you to make sure you had seen my cousin Vinny before I ripped into her for that. I just don't think she's my kind of of girl. Like I, I think that she is putting a lot of pressure and not just now. Like I understand that she's been single for a long time. Um, She's always sort of appeared to put a lot of pressure on a fairy tale version of romance, a love at first sight version of romance. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, and I I think this has kind of been, um, like not mystified but like there's like a mystical quality of about her getting married because her dad passed away and like obviously that's such a hard thing to deal with and obviously her dad wanted to be at her wedding I think that is sort of like uh, she's she's had to take you know things as signs that this is the right person now and like it's a sign from above and like all of those kinds of things and that's just like not how I make decisions about anything so I have a hard time relating to it and I think you see it in like when Dale stepped out of the limo and maybe we'll learn that they were actually like facetiming and talking before this or something so it'll seem a little bit more grounded but to see a hot guy for the first time and go I knew it is like psychotic like that's insane yeah. like this you is are, not a hallmark s- movie you know yeah <laughs> you're setting yourself up for failure i do think that like she my my general thesis about claire my opinion is i do think she's a little bit of a drama queen but that i can still root for like yeah. i don't hate her i don't dislike her i enjoy watching her and i think that I think you've hit the nail on the head with a lot of these things that she's saying that I don't agree with in terms of her ideals about romance. 
are coming from a really authentic place that I could tell she really, really believes and really wants. And that I, I like get, I'm just like, I, yeah, it's just not the way that I yeah. think, but I, but she's not being purposefully ignorant or like trying to set herself up to fail, but she is like, girl, you don't even know what he does. Like yeah. what is, you don't, you just know he's tall and hot. And frankly, all of them are. Why would you not be, I don't, I just don't, I don't get it. I do think that she runs a little hot and cold and there's moments where she is like very much trying to be this like fierce independent uh female bachelorette like having the hannah be screaming at the boys for not asking her questions moment and then the flip side of that is in her first one-on-one with dale when they were both sitting on the bench outside and she asked him a very basic question about his quarantine and like what the beginning of covid was like for him and he's talking and she's just like nodding and nodding. And then she goes, you get it. You get it. And I was like, oh, this is I saw myself in every dumb moment when I was younger of like, yes, anding a guy because I just wanted him to kiss me. And yeah. just being like, yeah, what you're so smart. You get it. You're so smart. I fucking worship you. You are my king. It was like that energy <laughs> in that moment. I was like, Claire, Stop. Like, that's so embarrassing. And for every female, stop. I hate it. Which is okay. Um, like, I think, like, look, we've all been there. We've all been digmatized before. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, no judgment. But this is not the first or second or third time she's been through this. Like, yes! she's been on both sides of it. So I, I, I just expect her to play it a little more cool, you know, really make them work for it, make them play the game, like, really win her over and, like, prove that this is she's making the right choice because she has held out for the right person for so long so I sort of feel the same way I feel about like breaking my like COVID quarantine it's like look if I'm gonna throw all this time I've spent by myself out the window it's gonna be for like a picture with a like a with one of the Lakers who was on the other day like it's not gonna be because like my friend wants to go to like fucking Wood Ranch or something like you know what I mean like it's gonna be because things have aligned in a perfect way but maybe she thinks that that's what this is I don't know I just have a feeling like we know she blows up the season. We know she ends up with this guy. And I just have a feeling they're not going to end up happily ever after. Okay, Tony. That's exactly <laughs> what Tony said when I made him watch the the Dale coming out and her being like, I knew it. I knew it. And I was like, Tony, history is being made on The Bachelorette. And he's been like researching The Bachelor and The right. Bachelorette for a, like a goofy project that he's doing. And so I was like, this is important. I want you to know this if you're going to be talking to people about The Bachelorette. And uh, I was like, okay, so the options, uh, my reaction to this moment is I love it because uh, there's two outcomes. One is that they actually are fucking soulmates and they get <laughs> married and they stay together forever and they make beautiful babies and I fucking love it. And, then and the I other hope that happens. Is, of course, I hope it happens. And then the other option is that the exact opposite happens and it's going to be wild and dramatic and like perfect television. And like, of course, that that's what's going to happen. And then Tony looked at me and was like, yeah, I guess there's two outcomes that are possible. Yeah, I guess that's an option. And I was and like, get the fuck out of like here. Like BT dubs, like uh, you're going to be 40 and like I've never seen someone who's 40 on The Bachelor, man or woman. So like this is sort of your last go. I just think she's well, being think- a little bit reckless. That's all. I think I agree. And I think that uh, she's being reckless. I love it. Um, I think that 
she might have a little bit of a bachelor in paradise bachelor winter games throwback mindset while going into this i wanted to shake her and be like honey all of these guys are here for you like fucking soak it up and enjoy it and like it's you don't have to pick one tonight you know that right like do you know the rules have you been on bachelor in paradise so many times that you're like very quickly wanting yeah. to get with you someone very like, urgently. You should be like, I've got the power, like that. Yeah, for the whole yes, Alyssa. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of all the guys, let's talk about hits and misses, okay. passes or smashes. General Sma- note, smashes. general note for ABC: <laughs> not old enough. We need more no. old men. I, I yeah. honestly would go up to the sixties. Who cares? It's a fucking free for all. Like, let's go. There's nobody over yeah. like thirty-eight, and that sucks. I want to see, like, an accumulation of wealth in your 50s. Like, that's what I want. I want, like, really rich men, like, standing next to, like, really just starting out, like, (laughs) 23-year-olds. Like, and see what those conversations are like. That being said, I couldn't agree more. Like, let's get some, let's get some oldies but goodies in there. But I also felt more attracted to this group than perhaps ever before, which I will acknowledge has a little bit to do with quarantine. (laughs) Um... (laughs) And me being also a little stir crazy, maybe just like not interacting with as many like strangers. But I think that there was something to do with the um, the like maturity level of the right. group being a better than usual. But it still is missing the mark. We still needed some some older guys. In yeah, there sometimes sure. you're like you more. see the guys and it's like, oh, I've I made all those mistakes in college. Um, is there any good option on the table? <laughs> like, yeah, I already know how this is going to play out for this girl. And I don't believe that it's going to and with marriage so it is nice it is definitely refreshing to have like a wider uh age range and and you know different careers and all of those kinds of things um who were some of your favorites since you're so horny for everybody oh wow well let me refer to my notes that i wrote on the back of my pumpkin carving kit well if this (laughs) says anything uh i'll just go ahead and read it i wrote fuck me brandon oh okay so i think i like brandon (laughs) (laughs) And then I wrote Demar, uh, wowza. So okay. I think I also liked Demar. <laughs> okay, and so wait, wait, wait. Interesting... So, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> the most I like, I you know, I actually had like a thought around this person that wasn't just about their sex. looks. Was okay. <laughs> uh, sex, 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 sex. Was uh, easy. I was, I was like, I'm attracted to easy. I think he's fun, and that's surprising to me because he is kind of goofy and I really like funny guys but I don't really like goofy guys Mm -hmm. and I wrote he's a goofy that's not totally cringy to me and I liked his energy and I like easy did you like easy um I have a very hard time remembering what everybody does I see that he is a sports marketing agent from Newport Beach which one was he again what what was his like intro he was uh, okay, so he was jumping on the bed in his room. Oh, and he I was see. like, "You, you guys are lying if you're not all fucking doing this." And he was like jumping on his bed, and then his he had like a fucking it seemed like a twelve piece salmon suit that he wore on limo night. He it was like <laughs> right. so 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 complicated, and we do need to talk about the fashion. Uh, but yeah, he was a former NFL player, mm-hmm. and now he's a sports manager. Uh, I like that three he's former leading- football players. Uh, yeah, I, I like that he's leading with his current job because my question to like former pro NFL players, because like we never have a real NFL player on The Bachelor. Like, let's just be honest. No. They're always like 
oh, I made it to the practice squad for like a year and I played in college and like that's it. And this is just like a fun party trick that I say to like sleep with women. I like that Easy is like, hey, I actually have like a real career. That's that's promising to me. I don't love people who think it's funny to jump on the bed. Like literally, <laughs> I have to compare this to when I was a hostess at the Cheesecake Factory. You would give somebody their little like buzzer that tells them when their table's ready. And every single time you take the buzzer off of its like stack charger, it would buzz. And I would give it to them and be like, it's going to buzz right now. That's not your table being ready. Come back when it like buzzes in the time I've quoted you. Literally every single man would say to me, oh, it's ready every Uh. single time. And that's how I feel about jokes like jumping. We all got to jump on the bed, right? It's like, no, it's not a unique thing. You're not funny. Like, you don't have to do that. Behave like an adult. Put more thought into things. (laughs) Double down on me being like, I don't really like goofy guys, but I like funny guys. And then you're like, listen to fuck to this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I just get aggravated when men think they're funny, but they're all the same. Like, actually be funny or don't try to be funny. That's that's my point of view. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Um, it's like that Jerry Seinfeld quote of all women think that they're interior designers and all men think they're funny. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> and Which we like, are oh. interior designers. Yeah, Jerry. I am actually really, really, I have like an eye for it. Okay. <laughs> it's like, I'm actually really, really good at it. And um, so, yeah. And also I'm funny. So that's that. But okay. I hear what you're saying. I thought you were going to make the point of, I have friends who are like really anal about um, just like their beds in general, oh, like yeah. never being touched by like feet, feet at all. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought you were going to be like, fuck that. I, but I, I like your take too. I do think that it is a <laughs> unoriginal. So let's put that bit to bed. Yes. But um, don't do that anymore. Um, okay. okay. So you like Brandon <laughs> and you like um, Damar as well. Ooh, a spin cycle instructor from Scottsdale, Arizona. But Brand- Damar's like 26. I mean, if you're Ugh. 39, are you really going to date a 26-year-old spin cycle instructor unless you're like Luann? No. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Uh, I also loved Jordan, who I think was approximately 28 feet tall, and she eliminated him. Oh, yeah. Like, he was such fuck? a little cutie. And he also have yeah. a, has a real job. I'm horny for people's real jobs. Like, <laughs> as someone who works in entertainment where everyone is, like, an aspiring something or other and is, like, always struggling and has to do, like, three side jobs just to make it through, I'm like, you're a, c- a cybersecurity engineer and you live in Santa Monica? Like, sign me up. Like, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> this makes me... Me horny like stability financial stability i love yeah very get that good. security honey for sure yeah i don't know why she sent him home which sucks and i feel like that also sucks for taisha it seems like he could have ca- gone farther when taisha comes on the scene you know she might be looking for something different that's true i am curious how the what the dynamic is going to be like in terms of how many of these guys stay for taisha and or any of the new cont- bachelorettes um and then how many like new guys are pumped in? It's it's very confusing to me. Yeah, what if I was Tasha, sorry, go ahead. No, no, say what you would do if you were Tasha. If I was Tasha, I would because everybody's going to be sloppy seconds basically. So if there's anyone mm. from the past bachelor like Bachelor in Paradise or other people's seasons that you've talked to that you had a flirtation going with, I would ask, because basically Tasha has the power in this situation because she's doing them a favor, right, by like mm-hmm. flying in and saving the series. I would ask to have people you're attracted to added, like one person or two people. I think that would be great and it would be like super interesting. But I've not yeah, seen any information reported about that, so I've got to assume 
you know, that's maybe not the case. Or maybe she gets to, like, grab a few more people that were um, in the pool but didn't quite make the cut for Claire because they weren't a good fit or something like that. Oh, yeah. I do remember reading that they asked people to come back who were eliminated on the first night. That just came to me. So maybe they asked Jordan to come back. Yeah, maybe. Um, What do we think about this guy, Blake, who was, like, breaking the rules and texting her and she really enjoyed it? Oh, I was – I thought – Okay, I have to. My my instinct was that I liked it. Um, I but I also felt bad for him because I thought that he, he. I felt bad when he didn't get the first impression rose since he like fucking thought that he nailed it, and yeah. I would have too. If I was Blake, I would have been like, oh my god, we just connected so much, and I think that he's already getting a little friend zoned. Um, yeah, and that that stinks. But I also was going to ask if you thought that the breaking the rules and sliding into her DMs before limo night was if you were against that. What's your take? I on fully it? don't believe that people follow those rules. I mean, we have heard many times over that like people were texting and shit. I mean, that's how Nick Vial got on like Caitlyn's season, right? Like they had been talking, yeah. and then she was named the Bachelorette, and then he like asked if he could jump in, and that's why everyone was mad. I get that it's like aggravating that you're going to get a head start but how do they really like enforce that what are they going to do like kick the bachelorette out if she was like talking to the contestants beforehand no like there's too much vetting that goes into this process for them to just blow it up like that what do you think yeah I I thought if that's the case I think I agree with you that there's like no control over like they're not going to tell people what they can and can't do on their phones leading up to that night right like they can encourage them but if that's the case, it's interesting to me, and it was clearly interesting to Claire that he was the only one out of the 31 guys who did reach out to her and was mm-hmm. like, hey, I know we're all just like weirdly very close and yet far apart in this resort right now, and I wanted to like reach out to you and say hi, and I hope you're okay. Um, and she was like, I loved that. That really, I was struggling. It came to me in a dark time. And I'm like, a dark time when you were hanging out in your suite with your two dogs, just <laughs> yeah. like eating bonbons, bitch? What do you fucking mean? Yeah. Um, but I, I thought it was cute. I just feel like he's setting himself up for failure because she's being a little misleading about how much she appreciated it. Um, because she's just jumping on Dale's dick as just fast as you can. What is it about Dale? I mean, are we, I, we're probably going to find out more. But, like, what? I don't understand. Like, what was it about him that she was like, that's my husband? Like, did yeah, you get he, any vibes? Like, no, I think that there was... I, I get like the hug was probably really great because he's like huge and hot and he picked her up her feet literally. Um, but in general, I thought he was like kind of boring and nondescript. He was just like, I'm excited to get to know you. And she was like, yes, me too. And that was a little boring to me. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't get it. I don't, he must smell good. Some Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just like chemistry i'm not i'm unclear like we don't even know what his like job is really like he is one of the former nfl players so i'm like okay for keyword former what do you do where do you live where do you want to live like i'm not just taking you back to my house in sacramento which by the way is beautiful and i don't understand how she owns it but you know strange very strange um what what did you think about about the name (laughs) jinx okay go ahead what do we think about the name Chasen? Oh, God. Um, it's the most San Diego name a person could possibly have. 
Um, mm-hmm. And he's got a real goofy face. And he just, I want to hear like more of his vocal fry. I want to hear him be like, sick, bro. Like, that's how I think of people from San Diego named Jason. Like, <laughs> he definitely was on I, a baseball he, team at some point. Like, mm-hmm. I, I know who this guy is. <laughs> I, I do too. And I would have pulled the opposite of what Claire did with Dale. I would have pulled with Jason. And when he got out of the limo and came and shook my hand and said, my name is Jason, I would be like, oh, okay, you can, you could go. You can just leave. <laughs> and Chris Harrison would be like, um, Taylor, you're you can't blowing do up the bachelorette. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I've, I've never like, seen that happen before. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, what do we think about this little tattletale uh, guy who like <sighs> apparently refuses to have any like powder on his shiny face? Tyler C., uh, really not living up to the name, trying to be like, this guy was... Not- Saying nice stuff to other girls when he knew he was going to go on The Bachelor. <laughs> it's like, all right. If you're going to be dramatic, like you better have someone pregnant or something in the background because this is not the threshold of drama that we're here for. No. Way, way horribly, horribly played Tyler C. And yeah, a way to just spit on the most precious name in Bachelor Nation, in my opinion. Uh, I thought that that was so stupid. I agree with you that he was being a little snitch, a little snitch bitch. Uh, although I have to admit, I think that Yosef does kind of like make my skin crawl a little bit. Yeah. He seems like kind of a shitty guy, but I will say that the only moment I really liked in this confrontation is that Claire immediately put the two of them together and was like, let's clear this shit up. Let's clarify, if you will, what's going on. And, uh, she said, Yosef, do you have a girlfriend? And he was like, no. And then she said, which I loved, does anybody think that they're your girlfriend? <laughs> and that's such a fucking, I don't know, modern dating question that I love that like now we're forced to ask. Like, okay, I know you fucking think that you don't have a girlfriend, but if you are sliding into people's DMs, I love that she asked that because I thought it was a very uh, relevant question in these times. But I thought Yosef was also a little bitch. Get rid of both of them, but she didn't. Yeah. Um, I think with people like that, you just have to let them make their own mistakes. Like, you don't need to go tattletale on them. They'll reveal that they're, like, fucking annoying losers, for sure. Also, this question of, like, does anyone think that that you're there, your girlfriend? I feel like most of these guys would be like, no, I mean, like, I spend every night at her house and she, like, cooks for me and she, like, I text her all day long and talk to her every night before I go to bed. But, like, we're not boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah. Like, (laughs) you know, like. That's, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Which is like a great question to ask. And I feel like none of these men would have like the awareness to understand that that's what they were doing to somebody. Yeah. Um, or a really sweet boy would be like, oh, I mean, I've never thought of it that way. Yeah. And when you like see the realization come, like, would she think that she is? Let me reflect on my behavior and my relationship with her. Yeah. Maybe she does think she's my girlfriend. Uh, I feel like they'd be like, no, I've like, even though I've accepted all of this, like, you know, kindness and I spend all this time with this person, I have said multiple times, I do, I am not ready for you to be my girlfriend as the girl's just like waiting it out. (laughs) I've been that girl many times. (laughs) That's why I'm pointing this out. No, I said to you, I'm not your boyfriend, even though I act like your boyfriend all the time. (laughs) And by the way, I will see you at Thanksgiving with my parents. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, what else? Let's talk about the fashion. Too many buttons on Claire's outfits. That's something I wrote down. 
Oh, I hated her dress limo night. And you're right. She does have a lot of buttons. I'm not a fan of like full buttons down the shirt, full buttons down the front of a skirt. That's no good. Do you think that was a two piece that was sold together? Ooh, I don't know. Perhaps. Too, the buttons were too perfectly lined up, but they were two different colors. And I was like, is this an outfit that was sold together? Or was the was this a this like the wardrobe person have just like OCD and like loves like when buttons match perfectly and like getting a kick out of finding those things that work together? I don't know. Yeah, I don't appreciate that. I didn't. I thought that was a misstep. Um, you didn't like her dress. You didn't like her sequin sort of sheer no. gray dress. Well, okay. it, it reminded me of um, a broken mirror, which brings seven years of bad oh, luck. So I, I was see. like, girl, why would you wear a dress that looks like a broken disco ball? I do think that they're making gray her signature color, which I think is a little rude. I think it's unflattering and it's old, more mature looking. It and does also seem like every single outfit she's wearing is a sequin or like a shiny beads that looks like a sequin. Mm hmm. So like, maybe they're trying okay. to like age her down. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and it's not working. <laughs> it's not it's great. Like, it's frankly, it's distracting, and I'm blinded, and I would just like to see like a normal outfit on this woman. I do think her hair looked very pretty. I think she looked pretty overall. I just don't, I didn't like the clothes. And I will also say, I think she's got big, beautiful breasts yeah. that they're playing down a little bit. I think that they're hiding her boobs, and yeah. she's got big boobs and a tiny tiny waist and like to put her in that halter the first night I was like god bring out the girls come yeah, on yeah let's on. get a deep V going tape that yeah. up tape it all up <laughs> tape it up <laughs> um uh, I wanted to uh assess what's happening with the men's pants and loafers there's a look that's happening that's like loafers with no socks which is questionable plus very high cut like pants that are tailored and like my mom would say when I was a kid as I grew out of my clothes she'd be like it looks like you're waiting for a flood <laughs> and that's how I felt about all of these guys <laughs> looks um, like you're waiting for a flood was that distracting to you I was like very confused by it I, I thought it was distracting I yeah I didn't care for it because I thought it just kind of looked ill-fitting rather than intentional and I found to, that I thought a lot of their suits were too tight. I was like, if this is an effort yeah. to look buff, you look more like a little baby boy who's like <laughs> growing out of his clothes. Like I didn't like that look because a nice tailored suit should, first of all, not be like clinging to every inch of your body and is the most flattering thing that a man can wear. So for a lot of them to kind of look fucked up, I was a little <laughs> angry about like, and hey, if you're Jordan, if you're fucking 10 feet tall and you're rocking like the high water pants look makes sense to me. Uh, but like every guy had the weird, I saw everyone's ankles like stop. I yeah. don't want to see your ankles. I don't know. Very do you? Strange. And when you're a guy and you show your ankles like that, is there a con like? Do you ever wax or like <laughs> Are you a whore? Do you have? <laughs> do you have like hair? Is it just fine to have hair? I'm unclear on what the preference is. You think they wax their ankles? I don't know. I'm just wondering. Like, is anyone like self conscious about the hair that is going to be shown? Probably not. I'm just wondering. It's just a question in my mind. Like, I know. Jordan I would know. definitely wax his legs. Like, absolutely. <laughs> Interesting. That's really interesting. I haven't thought of that. It reminds me of like when you're first, when my mom first started teaching me how to shave, like I was only allowed to shave my ankles at first, like as told by Ginger style. And then I was only allowed to shave up to like my knees. Dude, just what is with our moms? Ago, I, oh, sorry. I, I like feel passionate about this. I want you to finish your story, but like who told our moms don't shave past your knees? I know. Well, just a couple weeks ago, it's not even a story. I like looked at Tony and I was like, I wonder if my mom still thinks I don't shave my thighs. 
Like, I remember, like, it being such a big deal to her being like, do not shave above your knees. Yes. And I was like, okay. And then when I started doing it, I was, like, sneaky about yes. it. And I don't know the logic. I get the apprehensiveness of, like, your daughter turning into a woman and, like, not wanting her to feel like she has to be no, removing all of her hair all of the time. Like, I think that that's, a gonna, that's like, a tough conversation to have. Um, but the weird very literal arbitrary line of like your knees makes I have no to tell you to like my mom literally said don't shave your thighs because your hair will grow back very coarse and men won't like that that's literally Woo! what my mom said and I have to tell you I remember looking down at my legs at summer camp in the bright sh- sunshine and seeing and I have very dark hair and like mm. seeing my bare like shins and then my hairy ass knees and thighs just like a like a harsh line from where it starts and stops and i was like this isn't going to do it for me. I'm going to have to shave these thighs. Yeah, like, you were like, yeah, like men like this, mother. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> men don't, nobody likes this. I don't even like this. I feel stupid about like how, you know, there's, it's like a mix and match situation with body hair. Either <laughs> let's have it all uniform down to the ankle or let's get rid of all of it. So ever since then, I've shaved all the way up my thighs. And I don't know who in the 80s told our mom that that wasn't a good idea. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, very strange because like it, it it was clearly something everyone was doing. I mean, it was on the cartoon as told by Ginger when yeah. we were in middle school that even that cartoon mom was like, "Do not shave past your calves." It's like, what are you talking? About? I don't know. What I'm gonna weird... Google the history of that honestly and figure it yeah. out. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, okay, so we did the loafers. We don't know. We don't think they wax their ankles. Um, <laughs> Chris Harrison did say my favorite thing of the whole episode. He said to Claire. You know, the one thing I've always respected about you is that you've never given up on yourself. And I was just like, <laughs> I'm sorry. What what does that mean to you, Chris? Like, she's kept it tight and she continues to, like, color her grays and, like, put herself out there. Like, perhaps a 39-year-old could find love. Like, what is she supposed to do? Just, like, crawl into a hole and, like, you know, wait until death comes, like, yeah. alone? I don't understand. What are the alternatives, Chris Harrison? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's a very weirdly condescending thing. He tried to pitch as like some sort of romantic, encouraging thing to say. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> you never give up on yourself. Like, oh, OK. Cool. Th- uh, thank Thanks. you. <laughs> I've thought about it, Thanks, I guess. Chris. But uh, thank God you noticed. I don't know. <laughs> like, It's just a wild <laughs> thing to say. Um, I agree. I know. So what do we think is going to happen going forward? What's your prediction? Okay, I I'm torn between her. Uh, I we know that she leaves early, but we don't know how early, and we don't know the specifics of why. And I'm I'm torn between whether or not I think she leaves because she just wants to leave with Dale, or if she quits the show and exits with a handful of the guys, including Dale, who also quit, and then she just starts dating him outside of the show. Because hmm. um, it looks like you know with these previews of what's to come on the season that the men come to her with drama about Dale that like gets her all worked up and so I could see her just like throwing her arms in the air and being like I'm done with the whole thing that's easier for me to see now than a world where the two of them just like fall in love although there is footage of them making out in like a bed or something um and he like proposes to her and they run away together romantically what do you think I am like I'm wondering if it's like a she slept with him right away thing And Mm. then after she slept with him, she probably felt like she didn't want to go through with 
you know, continuing to hook up with a bunch of other guys, which I, I understand that. Um, it seems like, yeah, it just seems like he, uh, he knows that he's the favorite. He, he knows that. And I think they probably were talking beforehand because in yeah. her mind, it was probably like, I don't even know if I'm gonna get to do this. I might as well like talk to these guys that were like handpicked for me. You know, talk yeah. to a few of them because we don't even know if we're going to get to film. And maybe I'll hit it off, like, naturally with them. That's my prediction. And then I feel like the other guys probably find out that they slept together and it's, like, probably upsetting to them. And then, you know, Claire is probably, like, to be fair with to you guys, like, I just don't think I can, like, continue in good faith. I, I don't, you know, I, I've pretty much, like, decided who I want. Um, yeah. Which sucks. Which totally sucks. And you shouldn't do that if you're the Bachelorette. Yeah, you got to follow the rules. Yeah. Uh, I love rules and I love following them. <laughs> and I don't I I'm obviously so excited to see how Tasha comes in to the equation and if it is in fact just Tasha because we saw we've talked about on the pod previously that like um is it Hannah Hannah Ann and Becca Kufrin are right. also like spotted and then we know that Jojo comes at some point but just to be the Chris Harrison replacement there's just a lot going on so I just like structurally with the show I want to fucking know what they do and like how many new guys come how many old ones come back what's going on how do you quarantine them all properly right but I'm very excited I think that we'll I mean have to have a episode about whatever the reboot is, whatever they're, whenever they switch gears, uh, which I hope is soon, I guess. Like, I bet, I bet, what do you think? I bet it's in three episodes. I bet we get three more Claire episodes and the end of the, so it would be the end of the fourth episode. I'm just pulling this out of my butt <laughs> is when we see for whatever reason Claire leaves and then we get a preview of what is to come. I, I, my instinct is telling me that things always take longer on these shows than I anticipate, but I uh, want to say that they get it done in two episodes. And then the ooh. third, the one after that, that that's when we set up Tasha. Cause we have to realize like they have control over how much of this they show, you know? So it's like, if you're not yeah. going to have the bachelorette stay for the whole season, it's kind of like a waste of everyone's time to continue to watch these relationships play out. You probably would just want to focus on Tasha's relationships from, from mm -hmm. as early as you could. Right? Yeah, you're right. You're right. But yeah. it, it always I takes longer. Right. I don't know. That's true. Um, uh, <sighs> yeah, so we'll see. It's going to be interesting to see how they, like, pass the baton and what the guy – and it's also just, like, the guys are all mad and stuff, but it's like you're still on TV. Like, it's going to be fine. Yeah, like, you're, you're still going to be able to sell shit on Instagram. Protein shakes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it's okay. Like, you're still going to have a career out of this season. Don't worry. You're not getting, like, you know, nobody really thought that you were going to get married from this process. No. And if you guys are stressed and you, like, want press, like, you could come on our podcast. Fine. Yeah, like, for sure. Like, anybody, any contestant from this season, you're welcome. We'll send you a link. You just really need a mic and headphones, please. God. Um... <laughs> <laughs> well fuck yeah this was really fun and I think like moving forward it seems like we're just going to kind of roll with the punches that they give us in terms of us on the pod we're probably going to go back to just covering it in our first half like we normally do with our like typical episode structure but then if something crazy happens uh, we will be having a special episode about it I bet I think we yeah. should have we want to have Tim Taylor come back who did an episode about Hannah Brown because he just fucking loves the bachelorette and is uh, a really fun personality to talk to about it uh and yeah i uh, am excited to see what the fuck happens me too 
It really will right. be the most dramatic season ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for taking this journey with me, Alyssa. Thank you, Taylor. I'll talk okay. to you next week. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs>